The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the The after after show. And it's the after show, and Mr. Jonathan Barry Steiner no longer with us. <laughs> that makes it sound like they died. In case, in case they're uh, listening to the show, uh, it's the Wednesday show, the after show that happened on Saturday. And uh, Mr. Jonathan and Barry were not here for that show, which means they're not here for the after show, which I never thought of until we started the show to say they're going to miss two shows. When they right. say they're not going to be there, you miss two shows. I marked them as absent. Absent. There yep. we go. Um, so today, I, I saw a survey that was out there, the 2019 retail survey that Cigar Aficionado put out, and um, they talk about the best-selling brands in America, market trends, and lots more. Hmm. It was David Clough, C-L-O-U-G-H, I think that's the way you pronounce it, Clough. I think so. Um, and, um, you know... When Cigar Aficionado started out, they started this retail thing that they uh, would ask retailers. Um, and, you know, they had me on this for the very beginning. I think it even, even might have been 12 cigar shops across the country that did it. For some reason, they don't like me anymore, I think, because um, 173 brick-and-mortar shops from small towns to major cities in the U.S. were asked to participate in this, and I wasn't one of them. You are more controversial than others. Yeah, but it's it is not controversial questions here. <laughs> the questions are best selling brands and things like that. Um, and you know, we have I, I think we were actually the first retailer to put a barcode system in and track all these things, which is very, very important because I remember being at trade shows and questions would be asked of uh, what's your best-selling product and how much dollars you're doing this, this, this. And I'd see the husband and wife that own the shop saying, what do you think, honey? What's, what's our best-selling thing? And they would be guessing at it, which mine were never guesses. I had the facts of exactly what sold and went through. So I think you have to give this consideration of a feeling of what a retailer thinks their best product is and what it actually really is, because you'll be surprised. Well, I am surprised. You're always year. surprised when surprised you go on my own at mid-year yep. and see who the big yep. names were. So you want to follow trends. You have to actually look at the at the real data. Um, this is um, questions that are asked of retailers. So I want to give that um, information up front because it's not 100% accurate by any means. Um, so... What they are saying here is a Toro Fuente is the best-selling handmade brand, um, and their customers uh, are buying more of that than anything else. And it's possibly true, mm-hmm. um, but as far as handmade cigars go, 
the person to ask would be the manufacturer. And if the manufacturer would tell the truth, and I think when the FDA comes, they're going to have no, no uh, possibility but to tell the truth. And I don't know if this will be information that will be out there for everybody to see. But uh, if it is, the FDA knows how many imports Toro Fuente well, is bringing. What about the really big guys that are public companies? Do they have to report on any of that or it's just they, not they, specific? They report uh, sales. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen because I own stock in some right. of these companies. Number of to units. And yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I look at all that stuff too to see how I can base my company based on everybody else. But I also look at this. Uh, to see how, you know, am I missing on a brand that I should be carrying that's mm -hmm. up there, but keeping in mind that this is not as accurate as uh, they make it seem to be. 362 million handmade cigars were imported into the United States last year, the most since 1997. That's a fact. Mm. Okay, so that's information that, that uh, David is, is uh, from Cigar Aficionado mm. is... Was 97 the high year? Or? Yes. All right, so this is second highest yes. ever at that point. Then. Well, not ever because the 60s were higher than that. Oh, right. But in modern time, yep. I guess, um, of what any of the retailers that are in business still yep. uh, can remember... Um, 1997, which was an inflated number because 1997 was in the boom, and that's when the bust happened, and <laughs> right. that's where they and actually brought in every cigar that was ordered, yep. and then the retails went out of business because it's like, right. we, we can't even take these cigars. So that stuff hung around for years yes. afterwards. Yes. So I would happily say that I think last year is imports of people lighting cigars and actually using the products was was a huge year. I mean, this right. is despite our uh, taxation that ends up happening from state to state, the um, S-chip taxes, you know, of no smoking laws, of all this stuff. The great news is people are enjoying premium cigars, obviously more than ever. Hmm. Not to open the door and say, so you can tax us more. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. Um, but people are enjoying it, and it's not a younger... Uh, young kids or anything like that that are getting on it. If you look at vape numbers and things like that, you'll see high numbers. Uh, and that and that's what I think actually as a retailer, I think the next generation, the next people I'd be looking to to start liking cigars are smoking vape or marijuana. Yeah. That becomes our competitor right now. So as marijuana and vape sales grow, I think it's taking away from premium cigars. Premium cigars is something you smoke and relax well, that's what they're saying exactly about marijuana. You smoke it and relax. Actually, I heard a report, a snack report, I meant to send it to you, that says um, some state is reporting massive. <laughs> I, I saw that. You saw it. Yeah, that'll be in our news at some point on Snack Authority, I think, this coming week. That more people are buying snacks than ever before in these marijuana legalized marijuana right. states. Is that a surprise to anybody? <laughs> but it was a report anyway. Um, so number one, Toro Fuente, followed by Padron, um, and followed by Ashton, Davidoff, Rocky Patel, Perdomo, Oliva, My Father's Cigars, Romeo and Juliet. So these aren't companies, they're brands, and Monte Cristo. Hmm. Um, I believe when it comes to units being sold, I believe Romeo and Juliet is the champion. 
hmm. of importing Romeo and Juliet's into the United States, uh, or it was the last I saw any report of imports that came in. Um, they're saying it's a Toro Fuente, maybe a Toro Fuente, the more asked for product where Romeo and Juliet may be looked upon as white bread type of thing. That's just a, you know, you can get that maybe at a convenience store and things like that. They got them in the little packs and things like that. I believe Romeo is outselling a Toro Fuente, but, but mm. a Toro Fuente is not something in a plastic bag and not something at a convenience store. Right. So as, I mean, it's a wider range of products, right? Yeah. You're looking at the whole company sure. versus Romeo, yeah. right? Um, I, w- I would say, with the exception of, I think they cla- declassify Opus X as mm. not a, a Toro Fuente okay. product because we're going to see that in the next report, um, which is, um, where am I here? Um, 95 uh, Padron. Oh, of looking at that first list before I get on to the next one, growth winner, Perdomo Cigars, uh, which made their list, um, was on their list the previous year as number six um, from eighth to sixth place. Mm. It actually grew up two points up. Uh, It was the biggest jump of any company, and I can see that in retail stores. You see more of a presence of Perdomo. So they went up from number eighth place to number sixth place. And the biggest drop that I see there was My Father Cigar that ranked from number five down to number eight. One of those things I'll say is the previous year, they were the cigar of the year. Right. So usually gets a boost when you see something yeah. as a cigar of the year. People are coming in and... and um, right, they're, as they're, long as they can keep up with demand, correct. they should move a lot. And from what I was told, that uh, it was the strongest brand for keeping up demand after... They've had it a couple of times, so they know right. when they have a cigar of the year to, to do what they got to do. Um, in this category, Padrona and Toro Fuente swap places. The previous year was Padrona number one and Fuente number two. It just swapped places. Um Liga Pavada from Jewish States ranked number four. Um, Rocky Patel uh, remained the same. Um, and Davidoff and La Fula Dominicana, um, as I say, seventh place. That was actually a tie to seventh place. So that's where that came in. They also did a report of what are the best-selling sizes of cigars. And although there is an appetite for bigger ring-gauge cigars that we all see. Yeah. The fact of the matter is Robustos continue to be the best-selling cigars in retail. Um, that happens a lot in the wintertime in cold places that people drop down in size because yeah. if they're smoking outside. Uh, Toro in second place, we see ourselves in the summer months, spring and fall also, that it's more Toro than Robusto. Wintertime comes up, goes more Robusto. This happens all across the country. You'll see Robustos actually taken first place. Maybe not in Florida, because as we know from our trip, we couldn't buy small cigars. Right. I mean, you could buy a Robusto, I'm sure. Yeah, but, yeah, but Coronas or things no, like that. None is, of those. Yeah. Um, um, in third place becomes the Grande Cigar, which is the 60 ring gauge type of cigar comes in third place, which is interesting because it used to be Robusto, Toro, Churchill, Torpedo, yeah. Grande. Churchills just aren't going anywhere, right? Absolutely. Um, uh, the long, steady Churchill came in at number four, mm. um, and Figurados and Coronas tied it at fifth place. 
Figurados, which was all the rage during the cigar boom. Yeah. Uh, a lot of reasons for that was the better roller rolled it. At that point, there was tight tight draws and things like that, and you'd, you'd spend a little extra to get the torpedo to guarantee. It's not a problem anymore to guarantee the draw. Almost every brand that's out there is, is a good drawer, and, and it's all going well. Um, what else are they finding here? Um, they asked um, retailers if FDA regulations have hurt their um, business at all. Uh, most reports say that it has not had a dramatic effect, but I'll say yet. I think you're going to see more of that as this continues to flourish. Right. We saw a little pushback this week on um, uh, substantial equivalence dates and yeah. things like that. Um, and I will say customers still come in, and the most common question is, what's new? Yeah. What do you have that's new? And there are fewer and fewer things to point them at. Mm. So one day they'll be, I got nothing new. Yeah. So the question to ask is, what's good? Right. And just like wine, crops change year to year. And sometimes they'll say, oh, the the, the 89 cab on, on this particular wine is awesome. Uh, that was a great year for it or whatever. We may start acting that way or, right. or, or being the, that way. These are smoking well right now. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, and that'll be an interesting change up as that ends up happening. Um, retailers also can take a brand that they didn't carry before, and now they carry it, and that's what's new, right? That's or true. you as a consumer, here's a brand you never tried before. That's what's new, too. It's new to you. Yep. It can be new to the store. It can be new to the consumer, and there's where the new can continue to end up happening. Um, I also urge you to go back, uh, for good or bad, to old brands that you've had before, and maybe they improved, and, and many maybe they got them, worse. Many of them have. Right, right. You so, know, I think even some of the bigger names yeah. are better products than, than they, they you, were. They have to be, right? Absolutely. They had to up their game. Right. So that's a great thing, too. So you say, I smoked them years ago, I didn't like them. That's an that's a opportunity to go back to it. You know, and try it again for the first time, right? Somebody yeah. did the commercial on that years ago, try it again for the first time. But we'll see uh, how prevalent that is of how the retailers adapt to it, it, it and how the consumer um, takes to that. Um, try it again for the first time. Um, go back to some old standards, uh, something that you may have liked years ago. Um, you know, I, I think we have a little reinsurgence right now on Cameroon. Yeah, you know, we saw Skip Martin with this with this new Roma Craft coming out, uh, Baca. Yeah, that is a Cameroon wrap cigar. And it was one of the highlights of the trade show of people talking about this cigar, and you're hearing about this Cameroon, and you say, "Geez, Cameroon, I'm I'm dying to try this Baca." Well, there's a lot of Cameroon. Let's go to Fuente, uh, being chosen as the number one uh, asked for or best selling brand that's out there. Yeah. Toro Fuente mostly uses Cameroon. That's why a lot of people didn't have Cameroon. <laughs> Toro Fuente is a big seller, and on most of their products they sell, it's Cameroon. Mm -hmm. So you end up loving the Baca. You say, let me see what um, other Cameroons taste like. And you end up loving Cameroon. The other reason to revisit, especially if it was a long time ago, is people's palates change. Yes. And all you're left with is the memory of, I didn't like that. Well. Yeah. You're a different cigar smoker today than you were 10 years ago. Yeah. And you may find, 
okay, the reason I didn't like it, it was too strong for me when I first tried it. Yeah. Now it's something that I enjoy. Being part of Cigar Journal's tasting panel, yep. and you are too, Ed, yep. uh, it's very interesting because we smoke a numbered cigar, and every once in a while, they get one past the goalie here, <laughs> and I smoke the cigar, and I say, wow, that was really good, yeah. and, and here's then- the rating or whatever, and then maybe a month later or something, they, they share with us what it was, and I go, wow. Wow, I don't like that cigar, <laughs> you think. But yes, yourself. I do, right. and then I've even gone... Um, back downstairs and grab the cigar that I end up doing, I go, wow, this has re- – either my taste has changed or this cigar right. really has improved over the years. Um, we do it also with our employees. Every once in a while, hand them a cigar with no band on it and say, here, smoke this. What do you think? And, wow, I really liked it. And then you tell them, they go, wow, and they're surprised. Right. And that, you know, I'm telling you as the consumer, try it again. You know, Even though you know what it is and it has the band mm-hmm. on it and stuff, have an open mind. Try the cigar again, and you may be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I, I've been surprised on a number of them we smoke for Cigar Journal. I've even done it at restaurants where, you know, I'm a guy that tries to give a restaurant two shots. Yeah. And, you know, I, if, if it's terrible, 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 I'm not going even twice. But if it's, and eh, it was mediocre at best or whatever, give it one more try, it ends up doing it, and then say, nah, it's not for me, not that restaurant. And then years go by, and you know what? Let's give it a try again. Yeah. Maybe the chef changed. They changed the menu up a bit. They got their act together. Yeah. And the same goes for a manufacturer. He got his act together. The, the thing I find at restaurants, too, I don't know if you do it, I get stuck on one menu item yeah. because I'm too scared. To change yeah. it up because what if I don't like the other thing? Well, you got to eat off your wife's plate also. <laughs> Sample, right? You know, what are you getting? You know, and then make a decision of what it is. It just happened this week to, to me that my wife said, I, I said, I think I'm going to get this. And I'm talking about it and I say, this is what I'm going to get and blah, 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 blah. And she's saying she's getting something different. And then the waiter comes over and she picked what I picked. Huh. And I go, what are you doing? Yeah. And he, he's standing there. And I said, that's what I was going to get. She says, well, get whatever you want. I said, well, I'm not getting that now because I plan on eating some of yours anyway. Right. So let me get the other choice. And then you had to change it up. Right. But but I'm a, a, a professional fatty. I had the second one already in the bank just in case something went wrong. Although when I know we're going to a restaurant, I look at the menu online mm, first. I, I do that know too. exactly what I'm getting. So it's just such a level of disappointment if you go there and the menu changed right, or they say right. we're out of that. I already have my mind I, made up. I could taste it. It's <laughs> like, okay, you're going to have to give me time. I, I can't figure it out this fast. <laughs> I did my homework before I got here. You got to change it online at the same time. So are you, Ed, a person that a survey like this comes out and you see certain brands that are up there at the top and you say, well, they're saying it's the best seller. Let me smoke the cigar or not not anymore. Yeah. You know, there probably was a time where I would be influenced by that. If I saw something really shocking like how could that even be true? Yeah. Then I might just be inclined to okay, let me grab one. But just because some list says it's popular, it has no meaning to me. Yeah. Which is this is a this is a I believe this is a popularity contest. If the numbers are true, it's still a popularity contest to what's popular. If it, if the numbers aren't even true, it's what's popular to the retailer's mind when he's asked for the survey of 
Well, we know Fuente's selling great and Padron, and then he stopped moving these things around well, and doing. And I think the other thing at play is that not all retailers are educators. And by that, I mean a lot of them just order whatever people seem to be asking for, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Instead right. of the retailer being educated about what products may be better and in turn educating the consumer. Yeah. My list at Two Guys is way different than way this. Way different. I, and maybe it was good that they got me out of here because I would have skewed the list. I mean, I guess Padron and Perdomo yeah. are, you know, on your list. Yeah. I, I don't know if anything else is big for you on that list. Those are the two. Davidoff's up there. Mm -hmm. uh, simply in dollars. Now, do you want to talk units or dollars? Right. Because you may have to buy three or four Padrones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or three or four Perdomos to equal one Davidoff, right? Yep. So units, are we talking units or are we talking dollars? Uh, in fairness, it should be units, right? Yeah. Well, and the Perdomo smokers and the Padron smokers are, are some of the most loyal, brand loyal people out there. You know, they, they're on that product. Yeah. You won't probably be surprised, but maybe the listener would be surprised to know that Byron and Atabay are at the top of our list in dollars. Right. Certainly not Not units. units. They no. don't even make enough units to be able to <laughs> be on the top of my list. But in dollar-wise, it's up there at the top because you're talking about an expensive cigar that really changes the ring at the register, right? If I'm, if yep. I'm doing, you know, whatever dollars it is. Listen, as an add-on, yeah. <laughs> at that price point, right. how do you beat that? Right. And that becomes the so. I could probably guess what you do most of in units. That, yeah, well, it's going to be Dos Ombre, <laughs> right. which is a low price cigar, yep. and we don't see low price cigars on here. And the and the fact of the matter is, to these retailers, and I don't I don't know the list of retailers and stuff, but if they're carrying a bundle brand mm -hmm. of cigars, the answer is the bundle brand. Yeah, you know, I, I know through some companies that that sell these bundle brands that these retailers are buying. 100 bundles at a time, 100 bundles mm -hmm. of 20. They're certainly not buying 100 boxes of a Toro Fuente, for instance, at a time. Right. So it becomes a bundle brand, but maybe that's not cool to write that number on there. So maybe, you know, maybe part of that is, you know, I don't belong on this list because you're going to get the actual, his, <laughs> the, the real thing. And, well, that's not going to work to us because. Yeah. You can't handle the truth. Well, then they'll have this. Big giant dispersed list of different bundles that different stores carry. Yeah, they they um, they have the best selling, and they also have the hottest. Now, hmm. the hottest. What does that mean? What, what's hot? Um, Padrone is in first place when it comes to hottest, hmm. followed by a Toro Fuente, followed in third place by Opus X. Now, Opus X should not be on anybody's list. Because they make so few amount of those. Right. And nobody gets a lot of them. I certainly don't. Uh, do people ask for it? Sure. But is, is, is asking mean hottest by asking? I, I don't guess, know. Yes, I don't know. Hey, you have any Toro Fuente Opus X? No, we don't have any. Maybe in a few months or whatever. I'll let you know if it <laughs> right. comes in. Um, Liga Pavada comes in fourth place. Liga Pavada has improved dramatically in the amount that you get nowadays. Their production numbers are right. higher. But is it hot and asked for the way it used to be? The answer is no, because it's here. Right. So no one's asking. They're grabbing it and they're buying it. And so that's I, I don't takes away from think hot. 
the price helps anymore with Liga. Uh, it, it just went way up from yeah. what it had been. Yeah. Rocky Patel in fifth place for Hottest. Oliva, Davidoff, Lafleur, Dominicana shows up on that list as Hottest. Another one that, yes, are they asking for Lafleur, Dominicana? Yes, they are. Andalusian Bulls. Give me my Andalusian yeah, Bulls. Even 700 Maduros right. and even Chisels and even all their hard-to-get stuff that they ask for that I can't sell them because we don't have them, if that's what Hottest, hottest means. E.P. Carrillo, the Encore, hmm. Hot, number nine. It's the guy with the ear. Mm-hmm. Is it hot? Yeah, it's hot. Maybe that's because it's a cigar of the year. Maybe it's because you don't have it in stock because they can only make so many. When a cigar's hot like like that, that's how it plays up. So the difference between hottest and what's selling. Um, and where do you get the hottest? Do they have some sort of computer-generated thing when somebody <laughs> asks for something they keep in track? No, that's no. actually how they feel at that moment. Yeah. Um, so maybe it was last week somebody asked for this. Yeah. And that's what's in their heads. So. Yeah. It can't be inaccurate. No. Accurate. Even for me, you can't get the hottest for me. It's going to be a gut feeling yeah. based on what I can remember. You know, maybe I, and as I say, I took it very serious. I printed the reports and I gave them the accurate information on what sold. Mm-hmm. When it came to hottest, I dealt with the managers in each store. Mm-hmm. And said, okay, what's what's happening here at each store, even the online sales, what's right. what's happening, what are people asking? So at for? least you got I did the best three I could. opinions. Yeah. <laughs> I I did the best I could to give the accurate information and I'm telling you, they're not getting that from well, 172. When, when you use minute. a term like hottest, how can that be accurate? Right. It's up to the individual answering what they think that means. Yeah. And um, you know, seeing something like the sponsor of, of the after show, Roma Craft. Right. I would include them in a hot cigar. They are hot. Right. You go to the trade show booth and you see everybody standing there in the trade yep. show booth. Um, yep. Are they in every single person's store? No, they're not. But there was a whole bunch of people trying to open accounts that they can't yep. because they're so hot. Right. <laughs> yep. Take Steve Saka's brand, for instance. Hot. Another one. Small guy with a little line at his yep. booth. Um, and Nick Melillo. He's hot too. Yeah. I'd put those three people in if you ask me hot. Yeah. What does hot mean? Um, let's well, put those people in. And I hot. think that's a tricky thing when you are hot. Should you open new accounts if you're already selling everything that you produce? Yeah. Uh, then then you it should. doesn't help the people who supported you early on. Right, right. And and I and I'm here to tell you as a guy who lived through the cigar boom, I was on brands heavy mm-hmm. and then the cigar boom happened. And they opened every account, and they didn't supply me, and I got angry, and I had to discontinue the brands because we could just never have them and never took them back. Mm -hmm. So manufacturers do have to take care of the people who brought you to the dance, Yeah, right? (laughs) Remember who the person is that brought you to the dance, um, and just don't open up everybody. Uh, Although distribution, if I had soccer here, and maybe we ask them this thing, it's a tricky thing. Because you cannot have all your eggs in one basket, right. and your growth is distribution. You have to distribute people. So here's the balance that it has to end right. up happening. There has to be some sort of uh, good balance of opening slowly, opening more accounts, and taking care of your accounts at the same time. Yeah, I mean, if in any business, a healthy business doesn't want double-digit percentage going to a single customer, right? Because then if that customer disappears, you have a big problem. Yeah, so we saw that at um, 
with Nelson Alfonso stuff that um, he just makes so little amount of it. Mm-hmm. And you got some really strong retailers that have got really behind it and new products are coming out and the, the brand is getting attention. And now, you know, let me try one of those or something like that. To try one of those is taking it away from somebody right. already. But at the same time, they're looking for more distribution. So here's the tough game that, that's yeah. played on a, on a little scale like that of what do you do here? And I had the conversation with Nelson about it, and he says, I want good retailers. Well, that's just yeah. it. If you've got an educated retailer who you know can sell that box, mm. you're not going to give it to somebody who said, well, try it. And it does no good for that retailer, right? the, the consumer that walks in a store, or the brand itself, because it's going to sit on their shelf and all that. So maybe do them a favor and say, not right now because, yeah. you know, it, tricky situation that happens there. So um, that's interesting, though. I, I like looking at this stuff. I, I want to see what other retailers are doing. That's what, another thing I love about going to the trade show is sitting with other retailers and right. saying, hey, what do you think? How, what's what are this you going for you? Yeah. yeah, and you have that conversation with them, and maybe I'm missing something. And uh, we'll, we'll talk on a, on a later show of a new brand that it's not brand new. It's been out there for a few years, but I took it on at the show. And it was from retailers telling me two years in a row of this guy's doing really good for me. I like the brand. I like the people at the thing. So we're bringing this thing on, and we'll talk about that in a later show. So that's it for uh, the after show. Um, No Mr. Jonathan, no Barry. And uh, me and Ed pulled it off. Ed, I think we were fine. We did both shows fine. They can take more weeks off. Who cares? Yeah, that's it. Guys, anytime you want to not show up for the show, you don't even have to ask. Just don't come. We got this. We got this. The after show, the after show. Thanks, everybody. And um, this week on the Cigar Authority, this Saturday, Steve Saka from Sober Mesa uh, Cigars with a Sober Mesa Brulee. Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Sober Mesa Brulee. We're going to launch it right here on the show Saturday. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.